Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Uh, here we are for your weekly installment of a little podcast about the show Yellow Jackets called what, Jenny? Doom coming. Ah, <laughs> uh, and normally we do these intros because we have so much to tell you about. But really, I feel like we're we're popping up here in the intro more so in in this pod because we recorded the episodes quite a while ago. So we just want to be able to say like, hey. From real time. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Um, We did a wonderful watch with everybody of uh, the Buffy episode Amends last weekend. And hey, we got so excited about it that all of our patrons are going to get a pretty special, our very first spoiler full episode, uh, which is on Amends, where we get to finally talk about the episode in total. Is that how you say it? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it is now. (laughs) So if you're a patron uh, in just a, a week or so, you'll be getting that special episode. And if you're not a patron, you can become one by going over to patreon.com slash bufferingcast or just by going to bufferingthevampireslayer.com and clicking on Patreon. If I may, Jenny, say that yep. this would be a really beautiful time to support our work. Um, we we said it sort of towards the tail end of buffering as well, but... Um, we are taking a, as much of a rest as we are able to right now. Uh, Jenny has some some big. Th- Do you have a couple of things going on, Jenny, in your life? Just a couple things. <laughs> Just an impending human child. Just an impending human debuting. Child. Any time now. Really. Any time. Any moment. I mean, honestly, the episode could be airing and the child might be. Who knows? It's it's coming and it's coming soon. And when you when you have a nine to five sort of office job, uh, you are sort of guaranteed some some leaves, some breaks, some rest. Um, and I think that in a creative field, it's a little it's a little scarier and a little less certain. Um, and I think that there are many ways that you can support us and many ways that you can also like show some love to Jenny. Uh, as she embarks on this new adventure. So what? so perhaps you'd like to do that. And you can find Jenny's Patreon where? Patreon.com slash Jenny Owen Youngs. That's right. So you can support her directly there. You can support us both over here. Um, we're stretching our limbs. We're getting ready for new chapters in many ways. Uh, and we would just love your support if you have it. Yeah. And with that, well, let's get into this episode. This is a really fun I think this is a really fun episode, and hopefully you will agree. (laughs) (gasps) Hello, and And welcome back. Welcome. Uh, How dare you? Just thought you were, I thought you were, like, ready to play, you know, ready to have a party. But no, go ahead, go ahead. Hello, and welcome. Continue. Go right ahead. Hello, and welcome. (laughs) To doom coming. Hello and welcome to the dollhouse. The original title of this episode was "Welcome to the Dollhouse." They changed. Is that real? That's real. Uh, What else do you know? I don't. I mean, you know, we have a whole podcast to find out, but that's all I know about the title. Just that it was originally listed as "Welcome to the Dollhouse," and then when it came to airing time, it was just the Dollhouse. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, welcome to Doom Coming, a podcast where we're having a blast meandering around the woods <laughs> and uh, New Jersey, thinking about the 90s and soccer and cannibalism together, spoiler free. Today we're talking about <laughs> The Dollhouse, which was written by Ashley Lyle, Bart Nickerson, and Sarah L. Thompson, directed by perhaps Eva Sorhaug, or maybe Eva Sorhaug, um, or maybe some other <laughs> variation on pronunciation there. Uh and it originally aired on November 28th, 2021. This is the one, according to IMDb, I can't tell you all what a joy I'm having reading the little descriptions on IMDb. This is the one where the Yellow Jackets debate the merits of probably dying while staying put or probably <laughs> dying while looking for shelter. Thaisa navigates <laughs> a dirty attack ad and the other C word, Shauna sees about a boy. Kristen. Well, well. You like that theme song, huh? I, it's my favorite. I texted Jenny. I think it's my favorite song. I love it so. <laughs> is it the best Jenny Owen Young song? Is it? I, I pose a question to the larger public. It, in my opinion, and I know, I, I know a lot about Jenny Owen Young's songs. I, I am mm. what some might call a scholar, and I yeah. would like to an say aficionado. An aficionado. I think this is up there. This is up there. I'm glad you. I'm so glad you like it. I Did love you it. see my little TikTok that I carefully <laughs> crafted of me playing all the little parts? Jenny, Jenny just asked me if I had seen her little TikTok, even though she knows I did because she legit <laughs> texted it to me and said, "So did you like it?" <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it was your favorite song, so I thought you'd want to be alerted to all of the supporting materials I as did. they come into existence. I did. I did see your TikTok. I'm so proud of you. I believe that mm. my review was, "Wow, you look like a cool kid." I know the truth, though. But How dare you? You're fooling the masses. You know that the, the, the masses believe you to be the coolest of all kids, and um, and I think that's great. I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you feel that way. Speaking of theme songs. Oh, hey, that's right. We get the credits for the first time in episode three. What do you think? The very first time here. I mean, here we have Anna Warrenker's voice Mm -hmm. and a cool song, little Farfisa organ. It's all like, Warner, 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 Warner. You know, very cool. Yeah. No return, no return, no return. (laughs) Yeah, I think between the two of us, we could probably just do the whole song ourselves. They could scrap this version. And uh, yeah, Uh, I love the the grainy home camcorder, uh, real sexy, lo-fi, real sexy vibe. It's great. I think these credits look awesome. Uh, I love that. Hmm. I wonder if this is a spoiler to say, and Kristen, you can take it out if it is. Okay. 
Um, I love that we see uh, the 90s cast, mm-hmm. the 2021 cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see, you know, shots of individuals that I believe are not yeah. taken from. And then also shots from the actual show later. And then we see some people that are just never in the show. Just some teens partying. Yeah. Uh, as you do. A girl throwing up. Oh, my God. I hate the girl throwing up. I'm so upset about the girl <laughs> throwing up. But, yeah, I mean, I think that there's uh, there's some what's the buzz stuff to talk about maybe in the credits. But it's it's some of the, like, what is a spoiler and what is not is a bit confusing because the show is pretty wild. And, like, you know, had we paused and, like, dissected it when we were watching it for the first time, I'm sure that we would have, like, picked up on some things and so it's like sometimes Mm. I find myself weighing like well I am noticing this now but it's also because I'm watching it for like a second or third time and I'm dissecting it so you know we're being as cautious as we can but I will tell you this Jenny I'm gonna keep that in and um Everyone said that it was not a spoiler that Misty yanked the cord <laughs> from the car. So I was safe. Uh, safe for okay. my... Okay, well, I mean, I think that's a, a really interesting way to look at what is a spoiler. <laughs> well, I mean, you, ha- you have to have not been paying any attention. It's not even positioned I'm in this episode to protect as a reveal. Kids. It's not positioned as a reveal at all in the dollhouse. At all. Um. Anyway. No, it's I- definitely... Uh, framed as an inevitability yes um <laughs> thank you <laughs> i um i do love these credits and i do love um this song it's really fun uh it is in direct contrast to another show that i have been discussing with latoya ferguson called first kill Where you also love the theme the credits <laughs> make me want to lay down and die in every way shape <laughs> and form so so happy that i have this as a as an antidote uh, it's the antidote to the first kill <laughs> I, I have a question now you're making me think i've been meaning to ask you what did you think of the severance credits? Not to get totally off track on a whole other show. Oh, I don't remember the music from the severance credits, but I do remember the visuals for the severance credits. And I was pretty into them. Uh, I, you know, part of me as a 41-year-old person is like, we've done everything. <laughs> so how do we do right. something different? And I imagine that as people tasked with the I, I mean I can't be I can't imagine being tasked with like making credits for a show that's it's such a big lift it's not like can you edit this scene yeah. together also a lift it's like can you can you encapsulate the fucking vibe mm. the energy the color palette the all of it to make mm-hmm. this sing and so I think what I liked about the severance credits was just like oh this is interesting like I haven't really seen something like this quite done before um but otherwise I was like eh yeah, I was uh, uh, w- absolutely not taking into consideration the workload or feelings uh, <laughs> or the immensity of the task of the people who have to create uh, credits. I just uh, it just made me want to unsubscribe. Yeah, I like the concept. Like, I like the concept yeah, of the credits. I just, just think visually... about the execution, yeah. the sort of like simsiness of it yes. just like felt like yeah which is like weird because like that is a, that should there's a world where that's a bullseye Agre- or exactly. like there are ways in which that's a bullseye but but uh 
I feel like it that was like the one thing about the show that like visually felt like a little bit of a miss yeah to me not that we're here to talk about severance we're not here to talk about severance but I do think it's interesting and and I you know I think Jenny that the way the world usually works is that a few people have to try a great idea and not execute it perfectly for someone to then nail that idea and and so I yeah. I give the severance credit makers the the credit <laughs> of having a really fucking cool idea and just not knocking it out of the park or like or like doing it in a style that like to me personally doesn't quite feel Mesh awesome with- but maybe that same exact concept in a different style yeah. would feel like yes and it to the i mean no one ever thought that we'd be here comparing the first kill credits to the severance credits at the top of this episode but <laughs> you know it's it, i think something that is true about both of those credits is that they don't match the vibe of the show very well, which is like, I don't think that the visual vibe of the severance credits matches the vibe of the show, which is also a thing that I take issue with, with first skill. Cause I'm like, wait, how? Yeah. 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 Whereas this feels like a really big, very solid, satisfying bullseye. And I mean, I think like the Buffy credits are another great example of uh, credits that really feel like they belong to the show they're on. Also, you know what? Credits rock and I miss a lot watching them every week. Dun dun da da dun dun da da dun 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 da da You know some of the Game of Thrones credits styling is I could see a little overlap between that and Severance in the like camera pans through like um CGI created landscape of it all you know yeah um but but i welcome (laughs) swooping around across the map of westeros that feels right it feels like you should be swooping around a cgi map where castles are like building themselves and banners are hanging themselves and whatnot whereas like with a little adam scott's like dividing into (laughs) coffee coffee droplets of them and they're all like popping out of doorways <laughs> opposite each other they're like i'm mc escher bum, 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 bum. man i have not thought about that credit sequence in so long all i can think about is like the there's like a a winch of like a okay. a winch <laughs> a winch it was just one winch <laughs> it was just one winch um, uh anyway okay so i guess we should talk about yellow jackets yeah i mean maybe i don't know i'm having a blast talking about all of the credits that we love and don't love um but yes uh, we got the credits we've moved past the credits and you know we like to go wild in this podcast we just talk about whatever the fuck we want so i mean last episode was a big misty episode and i would posit that this is a big tie episode would you agree Jenny? oh yeah yeah, Ty is definitely like the anchor, the through line. Yeah. What have you? Yeah. So um, I, we can start there. We can start anywhere. Where do you want to start? What are you dying yeah. to talk about? Well, okay. I'm first of all dying to talk about the thing that leads us into the first Ty moment. And that is this makeshift funeral that's happening mm-hmm. on the island that's not an island. That's <laughs> on just the, the island. wilderness. It's the island. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So. <laughs> So Van says, before we took off, I heard Rachel, who's one of the people they've buried, <laughs> this is great. Uh, say she was going to see Oasis at the Meadowlands next month. Mm-hmm. She was really excited and she's never going to hear Wonderwall again. Okay. This uh, made me so happy and also sent me on a, a very active Wikipedia search because mm-hmm. 
The Meadowlands in Rutherford, New Jersey, also known as Continental Airlines Arena no. and the IZOD Center no. at different points in time, <laughs> uh, but currently now known as the Meadowlands once again. Oh, victory for the Meadowlands. Uh, which is across the street from MetLife Stadium, home of the Giants and Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, a great big arena that I've seen a lot, that I saw a lot of shows growing up at. And uh, also in college. Did you and see I, Oasis? I wanted to tell you a couple things. Well, I didn't see Oasis at the Meadowlands because they didn't play there in 1996, Lies. actually. Wow. Uh, Oasis was on the What's the Story Morning Glory tour from June 1995 to September 1996. And in that span, they played in the New York metropolitan area, which Rutherford, New Jersey kind of falls under, yeah. uh, three times. Did they play? They played did they at, play at the Knickerbocker? I just want to know. I they wanna... did not. Okay. Uh, you know what? I don't think so. It was it was mostly major markets. Okay. No offense. Albany, um, Albany, Albany took that burn. Took that fucking burn. <laughs> I mean, hey, SPAC is a major market. Okay, when you're playing outdoors, but uh, I I went I went uh, I went Knickerbocker. Also, just to burn you back. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Grateful Dead, Jenny, but they have a, an album titled like Live from the Knickerbocker. So maybe you don't think Albany is a big deal, but the Grateful Dead does. Thank you okay. very much. And my congratulations to Albany. So. <laughs> Uh, so during that 15 month long tour in support of what's the story morning glory Oasis played in New York City three times um, or I should say New York City slash New York City adjacent places they three times. at Madison Square Garden I would imagine would you like me to tell you where they played <laughs> I just want to also be a New York New Jersey expert let me let me be on your team okay 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 <laughs> They played at Roseland Ballroom in October 95. That's a 3,200 cap room. Holy shit. Okay. They played at Paramount Theater in March 1996. That's a 3,664 cap room. What are they doing? Well, they've, they're just starting to tour on What's the Story Morning Glory, right? And that's, that's their, uh, their breakout record, but they're wow. still... They're just starting wow. to get MTV airplay and, uh, you know, it, when you look at the venues on, on this tour, when you look at their English tour dates yeah. and the capacity is there and then the American tour dates and the capacity is there, they're very different, but because they're, they're much more established in England at this point. But over the span of this tour behind this album, they go from playing Roseland 3200 in October 95, Paramount. 3,600 in March of 96 to Jones Beach, which is a 15,000 person capacity, September 1996. The Meadowlands, for a point of comparison, is a 20,000 capacity venue. So to me, it feels like uh, Meadowlands. I was like, at first, like, they didn't even look up when Oasis was playing what. I mean, obviously, like, the Meadowlands is like the big Jersey venue. If you're like in North Jersey, that's like where you go see shows by a band or pop artist who's like on top 40 radio right uh but it feels like uh in this instance Meadowlands is kind of like standing in for that jones beach date i also want to tell you Kristen, that at three different points on this 13 month or 15 month tour uh one or the other gallagher brother uh just left the tour (laughs) for no good reason so there were swaths of canceled dates here and there including there was an mtv unplugged date um 
on this tour. I think I think Joanna Robinson actually first told me about this incident, which is so funny. Uh, they had an MTV Unplugged show. Moments before they go on stage, Liam says, fuck this, I'm not going on. He like claims to have throat trouble. So the rest of the band goes on. Noel sings all of the songs and Liam proceeds to heckle them from the balcony for the I duration of the show. I cannot. Is this like... You know, I never really thought about it before, but like, you know, uh, we all, everybody, like from Lost. Yes. Is that what, like, is there some like tongue in cheek stuff happening yeah. there? Okay. Yeah, I, I think they're meant to be a uh, uh, like... Oasis inspired <laughs> brother band. <laughs> oh, wow. Also, yes. can I tell you one please, more thing please. about the Meadowlands? Uh, please. I'm, I am, sidebar, I'm disappointed that, like, they didn't just say Jones beat. Why not make it real? Why not? Because New Jersey. But New Jersey's strong. New, New Jersey Jer- proud. New Jersey New kids, Jersey forever. New Jersey kids go to Jones Beach concerts all the fucking time. Get out of my beautiful Meadowlands. <laughs> um... The the other thing I wanted to tell you about the Meadowlands is I wanted to give you a list of things I could remember seeing at the Meadowlands. Mm. Okay, are you ready? Yeah, I'm going to like honk or something if I've also seen the band, Okay, but not at the Meadowlands. Well, first of all, I went to a live show of American Gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot honk, but I did see the Power Rangers live. Comparable. Nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> Very, comparable. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um... In high school, I saw Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. Ooh, fun. Aerosmith. Oh, wow. Billy Joel. I'm I'm not and, I have none of this. And then I think moving into college territory, I saw the Justified and Stripped tour, which was Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera. And Black Eyed Peas opening. Hell yeah. I mean, boo uh, on Justin Timberlake 2021, but like, hell yeah for your college self. <laughs> and then I saw the Britney Spears Onyx Hotel tour there. Do you know in all my life, the one thing that I really cannot believe I have never done is see Britney Spears in concert. It's a sin, a true sin. That seems wrong, Kristen. That seems like something that needs to be rectified, if it I ever can be. Agree. Um, I have never seen anything at the Meadowlands, Jenny. Um, and I know that Albany is such a minor market that you might not <laughs> care about what I saw. But I did see um, Pink open for In Sync. Wow. I did see Garbage open for Smashing Pumpkins. Very cool. And and then I saw the Power Rangers um, and the other. Oh, the and then way, way back. The first concert I ever saw actually in ever, but also in an arena space was um, Tevin Campbell, Babyface and Boys to Men, which fucking ruled. And then the other concert that I saw that I just like to brag about because I feel very cool about it, even though it was not an arena. It was at SUNY Albany, I think, was. the Violent Femmes and uh, fucking Be In My Bonnet. What the fuck are they called? They might be giants. They might be giants. Um, so, you know. Wow. Uh, okay, so... So, yeah, this gets us to Baby Ty. And I just last episode, I was like, we never see anyone before 1996. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like, here, here. Yeah. 
And then literally the next episode, we see Taisa when she's teeny tiny, so so cute, tiny tiny. I just want to remind everyone that I had COVID uh, the first time that I watched, the first and second time that I watched this (laughs) season. Thank you. Uh, um, Baby, yeah, so we get, similar to Misty last episode, we get both pre-96 Ty, 96 Ty, and present-day Ty. Um, oh, yeah. All Thaisa's in some kind of relationship with eyeballs. Um, really important Correct. To, to note. Um, baby Thaisa is with her Nana, who is dying. Her Nana. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting to watch this episode today because just today I was thinking about how a lot of my um, I hold a lot of stress in my body. Uh, in many ways that I think part of it is connected to the fact that when I was growing up, my mom told me every way that I might die forever. So I think like I've just been (laughs) on guard for dying since I was like a tiny child. So having having spent some time thinking about that today and trying to like release my guard against death. I mean, you know, some guards, but like I don't need all of them. Uh, I was struck by Nana saying like death is not something to be afraid of to Tiny Ty. I was like, Tiny Ty, maybe you won't be a a ball of knots when you're an adult. Oh, no, your plane crashed. Sorry. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Your hope is lost. Um, But yeah, Nana is um, Nana's dying and she's like, the angels will come and get me, baby. Don't worry. I love that she says the Lord gives us our time here and then he calls us back. Yeah. Seems like a really nice way to say it to your granddaughter. And listen, you know, we all have different relationships to spirituality and religion. And I consider myself a very spiritual person, but I also can't ever stop thinking about things. I've never been somebody that has been able to be held in the arms of blind faith. I'm not saying it's good if you are, but this is one of the positives. I would fucking love to be like, when I die, I know what's going to happen. An angel's going to come get me and I'm going to be just fine. That sounds such like a such a lovely thing to be able to believe. And I admire you if you can hold on to that because I cannot. My brain's like, or, 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 or. or. <laughs> <laughs> Have you considered? Have you thought about this? Um, so, and unfortunately for Nana, as we see as this sort of memory unfolds across the episode, uh, an angel does not come to get her something without <gasps> eyeballs comes to get her this that man is... with no eyes this is traumatizing for tiny ty because whether or not what we don't know what nana is dying of whether or not nana is seeing something that is not there or something that is there it doesn't really matter because taisa is probably like 5 or something in this. So like she's heard her nana say everything's going to be fine and then has borne witness to like the terror that happened right before her nana died. So that is that's the kind mm-hmm. of thing that's going to, you know, it's going to stick with you. So anyway, yeah. 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 You want to yeah. you want to go through all of, as much of Ty as as reveals itself to us? Uh yeah, yeah, let's do that. I will say that I have noticed Thaisa looking very lovingly at Van and Van looking very lovingly at Thaisa. I'm just going to put that in your Heinz journals. Some fucking heart eyes happening on the beach at the lake. When Van is on the bottom of a chicken match Mm -hmm. and Thaisa is having uh, 
girls doing each other's hair time <laughs> with uh, Akila. Mm-hmm. They lock eyes very significantly, and then Van loses absolute control of her uh, chicken foundation. Yep, she falls. She falls. What could it mean? Van, hmm. I would like to pause it. Van, fucking MVP of this episode. Maybe every episode, but like Van fucking axing down the compass out of the plane and like being at the head of the line leading that i was like hot 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 here for a van which actually i wrote down a question jenny um Mm. for our 96 selves i was trying to think okay in 1996 which one of these girls would we be and or want to be and which one of these girls would we have a crush on 96 Jenny Owen Youngs. Who are you? Who are you crushing on on the island? <laughs> um, and also, I haven't thought about my answer. So you're at a, you're on an even playing playing field to me. I just thought of the question. What a great question. Um, I think that I feel like thinking about like what I was like in high school. I'm going to go van. You are the van or you're. I am the van. Mm-hmm. And I think that I would have a crush on Natalie. Natalie reminds me a lot of my, like, one of the first girls I had a crush on. I love when you get so embarrassed about talking about yourself as a baby (laughs) that your words just go away. They, like, fall (laughs) into the center of your being. (laughs) Don't worry about it, Kristen. It's actually none of your business. So you are the you are the van. Be the van you want to see in the world. And you're crushing on Nat. I here's what's confusing about me is I I'm pretty sure based on my history that I would have been crushing on Shauna. Shauna reminds me a lot of my first girlfriend at the time. Uh, And Jenny just looked at me like, do I know her? Yes, you do. (laughs) Um, Oh, okay. And but the other but the thing that confuses me is that I also identify the most, I think, with Shauna. So it's like, can I both be, Uh-oh. I know, the queer conundrum. Can I both be a Shauna and crush on a Shauna? To, to be continued. Um, but I also think that I would have had a crush on Van. I, I don't think I would have known that I had a crush on Van, you know, like because I, I just don't know that I would have connected it. But Van has that, like, take charge, lead him through the, the woods, and then also have a blast playing chicken in the lake energy that, like, is very fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I'm gonna go Shauna, Shauna. So, okay, nice. Yeah, let us know. Let us know who do you want to, who would you want to be in '96, and who would you have a crush on in '96? Okay, so Ty and Van, we hypothesize, perhaps have crushes on each other, um, and we know at that at the very least, Ty is queer. Because we have met adult Ty, her wife, Simone, and her kid, Sammy. There's a lot of drama happening in present day Ty's life. Yeah, it's not great, huh? (laughs) Uh, What's happening? We've got her opponent, Phil, uh, running an attack ad talking about her cannibalizing the budget while she's like going Gnawing hard on some on barbecue like a chicken leg. sir that is a low blow i believe they, and then we simone refers to him as a uh, wannabe mitch mcconnell which that all che- this all checks out so mm. you know mhm mhm and 
Thaisa, you know, Simone and Thaisa have this conversation where Simone, you know, Thaisa's like, oh, I bet like, I bet if I like looked far back enough in Phil's family, I bet like maybe they like owned a slave or two. And Simone is like, didn't you say when you started this campaign <laughs> that you were going to like focus on the issues and like not get caught up in attacking your opponents and really just like working to do good in the mm. world. And Thaisa was like, yeah, but like, what if I just like uh, do a little digging? Um, and she does have some digging done on her behalf by none other than Jessica Roberts, if that even is your real name, who has been hired by Thaisa to press on her uh, fellow survivors to see if any of them might crack. To sweep in with promises of book deals and money. Fucking Thaisa, always Thaisa has what's called an October surprise waiting for her. Man, (laughs) October surprise. Uh, Thaisa is, yeah, I mean, this is... I feel like this is all really important for many reasons. One, I love that we kind of get a reveal here about Jessica. We're only in episode three. I like that we didn't stretch this out and we now know like what Jessica's deal is and why she's doing what she's doing. Great. Um, I also think that no, having seen the scene between adult Thaisa and adult Shauna at the diner and now rethinking that, knowing that this whole time Thaisa knows what the fuck is up with Jessica is rough and important like that feels important that Thaisa is able to kind of withhold things as skillfully as she did in that conversation um yeah well I mean look at Shauna look what we've (laughs) Look what we've seen of every of These everyone we've kids met. These are fucked. They're fucked. <laughs> uh, I wonder. I wonder if there's a correlation that we can um, perceive between you know, like, is there a relationship between the trauma of the wilderness, mm-hmm. whatever that all might entail and encompass, and this sort of like uh ability or aptitude or willingness to deceive the people around you and maybe it's as simple as you cannot survive after whatever they went through without being able to like or honing your compartmentalization skills right so would you say like that could be summed up by saying like no return no return no return If that's what would make you happy. Well, I mean, because, like, they, isn't that, like, it was a joke, but it was serious. <laughs> like, they're not, they're not, they're not able to return from the fucking trauma that they experienced, right? Yeah. Like, that's for real. Like, I, I mean, we're only three episodes in, but it's clear that every person that we have met as an adult is not okay in any way, shape, or form. And they're all showing us beautiful parts of their relationships to each other and terrifying parts of their relationships to each other in equal measure. There's no like, oh, this this person is the bad one or this person is the good one. It's like they 
we learned in this episode that Thaisa paid for Nat's rehab. And I don't even know that it's the first time, right? Like that there's support happening here. And there's also like a lot of lying and withholding and fucked up shit happening here. I think like really was hoping for a bigger laugh on my no return joke, but I'm sure everyone in listening is laughing. (laughs) 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 I waited so patiently for you to pause. I just waited with my joke. I waited. (laughs) I'm so sorry. You made me have a thought. And then while I was trying to formulate, I was like so distracted by that thought. And then it evaporated. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like, you know, we'll obviously get more context over the next seven episodes, but I already feel like there's some sort of like inconsistencies maybe about like, I mean, they've been... It's been 25 years since 1996, and it doesn't feel like that much time has passed. And maybe that is, you know, a symptom or a side effect of, mm-hmm. of what they've been through. But it also just feels like 
maybe the full timeline has not been like fully fleshed out right by you know the people creating the world it feels like there's just sort of like some question like some question marks right you know well but there's also some hints even in this episode that they are some or all of them living still in that time i mean we've already talked about like the like some of the arrested development that we've seen with shauna we have mm-hmm. Nat say to Misty when Misty goes into the um, fucking gas station and comes out with the chocolate that Nat asks for, but also jerky. And Nat's like, seriously jerky? And that cuts immediately to the woods with the snacks that they have and like the things that they survived on. And it seems like a direct like, how could you fucking eat this shit? It's like, oh, we fucking ate for fill in the blank, which which feels like a direct mm-hmm. underline to that, you know, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? Because the, allegedly this show has five, it was written for five seasons. Right. So who knows? And we get, I mean, something important. I know we're going off the Taista track uh, for a second here, but like we see that Nat and Travis certainly have been in each other's orbits uh, as adults because e- Travis. Even though Misty says like we haven't, we haven't seen Travis in 25 years. Nat has. Uh, yeah. And and Thaisa has apparently extracted her from that situation at least once. Yeah. 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 Thaisa is saying that this was a toxic relationship. And and obviously Misty is probably has had the least contact with everyone. Everybody. They're all like, oh, Misty. Don't let don't call Misty. Don't tell Misty. Fucking. I, I almost said poor Misty, but also is is Misty. Is it poor Misty? I'm well, not- I mean, I mean, that's the that's like one of the great mysteries of the show. It's like. How can it be like, oh God, Misty and poor Misty at the same all at the same time? How, like, sh- well, well, because it's like a snake eating its own tail. It's like Misty feeling left out makes Misty more what Misty, and and it just like strengthens itself as it continues to circle. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I think at least in the in the Taisa bin of it all, the other. Big things we see are Sam. I mean, Sammy is having a hard time. Um, his friends are his friends. Other kids, I guess, are calling Thais a cannibal after this ad has run, and those kids mm-hmm. are hearing their parents talk. Sammy hits a kid. Sammy is speaking to Thaisa in a way that is like quite intense and like I told you to be quiet be quiet just like stuff that you know what's even more bizarre about watching this right now is I'm reading um Kristen Arnett's book with teeth and without like Hmm. spoiling too much of the plot line there is a child in that book and that child in many ways especially in the when the child is young does things where you're like damn I know you're a kid but damn and that kid's name is Samson so I'm just like over here like I I don't know if I could I have a cat named Sam I think that might be it for me What are you thinking about over there, Jenny? That was a laugh. That was like a half misty laugh. Like I'm kind of here with you, but I'm also inside of my own head. <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking about Manny. I'm thinking about Manny. Oh, and Sammy- the Samson in Kristen Arnett's book has a tiny fucking doll that he carries around all the time. Oh. 
That's a tiny version of him. I know. Kristen Arnett, if you listen to the pod, let us know. Did you bet? What came first? Which Sammy came first? I want to (laughs) know. Man, Sammy is just like so. They did such a great job casting a kid who was like so cute and also so creepy. Well, and this is like the perfect. I feel like it's the perfect encapsulation of, like, direction and editing because, like, at the end of the day, this is a kid who's, like, clearly struggling and acting the fuck out and, like, not okay, which could be told with the same dialogue a totally different way. But it's, like, the camera angles are from beneath and the, you know what I mean? Like, everything is done cinematically to make you be like, oh, Um, yeah, it's which, true. You know, I think should be should be noted that like I I remember I think our friend Steph texted me while we were watching Yellow Jackets in real time and was like, I mean, it's clear that like something is happening to Sammy that's really bad. Like this is a kid that is not okay. And I was like, oh right, because I had automatically been like horror child because of the the way that it's <laughs> done, you know. But but like uh, truly, this is a kid who's like not not okay. Um, and we don't know why, but I'm sure we'll find out. Uh, And then, you know, and this probably will take us out of tie into the, some of the other episode things, but I think Ty. Oh, wait, sorry. We should also just mention that Ty does make the decision to call Phil and, and let him know that she knows what Jessica Roberts told her, which is that his daughter has had. Uh, some drug problems in the past and if he runs another attack ad on Thaisa she will just have that in the chamber ready to go um we're not going to do a lot of sound clips in this podcast but why don't we play this one don't fuck with me Phil uh yes uh don't fuck with her Phil please do not fuck with her and uh the other Thaisa thing that I was about to say was just that in 96 woods (laughs) my setting um Thaisa has seen a lake and puts the girls to a vote who wants to go to the lake who doesn't um early signs of being super into democracy (laughs) Uh, this is important for several reasons. One, Jenny has already listed. Two, I mean, you know, we've been told, Jackie's been told that she's the leader, but, like, Jackie is far from fucking leading in in this plane, post-plane crash situation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look at the way that this is set up when they do start talking about going to the lake. Thaisa is like, let's go to the lake. Jackie is like, no way. And the th- the third opinion in that equation is, coach, what do you think? Right. <laughs> it's like Thaisa, then Jackie, then the adult in the room. Right, right. Oh, Coach Ben, man, really struggling. He's having a hard time. Of course he is. Of course he is. The scene where Ben is, the, the bugs are getting to like Ben's face is, mm, I think it's, yeah. I just think it's done so fucking well of like the build of like, I'm breathing. I'm trying to fucking breathe. This is insane. This is fucking insane. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Trying to like keep it all together and then just lose. It's just, it's, it's done great. Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> Misty. Uh, he like in his sort of like he's having a little bit of a I'm gonna yell at God moment, which we all have and need from time to time. Uh, 
he does like in his like kind of flailing he does kind of like slap misty away from him yeah uh and with a bloodied lip matt misty comes back and and holds him and is like i'm here for you we need you and is like trying to soothe him and stuff it's just like very like uh, it's really upsetting it actually was making me think about the, the rat because it's like, you know, Misty, the thing that I think makes me and probably many of us really uncomfortable about seeing 96 Misty and Ben is that she is capitalizing on his suffering as an in to f- to feel like the need, like needed the way that she wants to feel needed. And it like mm-hmm. reads in the way that she does everything that she does. And it's just really uncomfortable. She brings a bottle of the lake water to him and he's like, please don't. And she totally does not regard what he's asking for in any way, shape or form. She it comes over and is like basically like doing a fucking spoon as plain to a child motion with this granola bar (laughs) and is like i stole this from the food stash for you yeah and he's like i don't want it and then she manipulates that by being like i can't give you more pain meds unless you fucking eat this bar that i brought you and like it's really uncomfortable and it's really fucked up and um i just it took me back to the rat because like we don't see what happens to the rat, or at least we haven't yet. And we were sort of... As a- far as I'm concerned, uh, Misty got a little pool net and just fished that rat out of the pool. But you're And you're joking, though, but it's like, but maybe she did. Like, maybe she waited until the fucking rat really needed her and then fucking saved uh-huh. that rat, right? Like... Let it be so. I mean, let it be so for the rat, because the rat doesn't care about fucking any of the other bullshit. But I just, I I can't believe that Ben didn't actually punch her in the face in this moment. You know what I mean? That it was like a barely accidental tiny slap was shocking to me, because Mm -hmm. this man is not okay. Do not go near this man right now. Let him have his moment with God, you know, and the universe. Fuck. Um, also, imagine being the only adult to survive in a plane crash with a bunch of teens. <laughs> ah! It's like how my dad fell at that fucking Boys to Men concert, <laughs> surrounded <laughs> by teen girls. Um, but what I was saying before with the Taisa and the democracy of it all on the island is just that it's important for a lot of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is that it has Sean a vote against Jackie, which is really massive. And like they don't have like the fucking A plot of this episode, but seeing mm-hmm. Shauna go against Jackie, we saw her wear that fucking red dress that Jackie told her to wear. We've seen her do everything Jackie tells her to fucking do for two and a half episodes. So this moment when she raises her hand is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, like, I mean, it obviously creates some friction, and there's a scene at the lake where Mari and Jackie are hanging out, and, like... Fucking Jackie. I'm going to make my girlfriend jealous by talking to this other girl. We should totally put our lockers next to each other. The amount of times I wrote in my notes, stop being such a bitch, Jackie. Like, I just couldn't. I can't. Stop it. Stop it, Jackie. I mean, Jackie's... Having a freaking hard time. She's got yeah. poison ivy all over her leg. She keeps opening cans of rotting food. 
Yeah. Uh, and her best friend went against her in the lake vote. Uh, but by the end, you know, Shauna sees Jackie like really struggling and brings her a blanket. And I was like, I don't know what's right or wrong. I just like was following my gut because I don't want to die and I'm really scared. And I just like need my best friend right now and they make up and they hug and Jackie's like oh the worst is behind us I mean we survived a fucking plane crash am I right and we're all like yeah the worst is definitely behind you yes that's definitely the line given to a character who's uh had the worst behind them definitely (laughs) for sure uh yeah so they are they're okay by the end of this episode gal palling about um and that actually Brings up so we talked briefly about the lake. Important to I think note the needle drop on the lake, the cranberries, dreams. So uh, that's a beautiful thing. I love it. I love this scene. The scene of them finding the lake, running into the water, Van having the time of her life. Nat actually enjoying herself. Mari is like, is Travis actually hot? <laughs> and uh nat is like yes but i'm not gonna say it out loud get the fuck out of here so i can get my mitts on travis thank you yeah yeah watching this scene the first time i was just like because of what's you know everything that's happened up to this point i was just like bracing for leeches (laughs) you know yes but there were no leeches which was really nice uh for Uh, once yeah i just watched for the second time the lost city so all i was i have it in my notes to ask you about the leeches in the lost city (laughs) channing tatum and the leeches and sandra bullock just just oh uh, thank you for that universe um but yeah no leeches nothing bad happens in the lake it's a beautiful moment and they all deserve it we deserve it as viewers it's it's lovely um it does also feel like there's a counterpoint when from the lake they see the cabin um (laughs) Mm -hmm. because the cabin certainly does not seem like good news even at the start but definitely by the end of this episode the cabin seems like bad fucking news yeah the cabin's got some vibes some dark dark vibes in my scratch don't you think it's weird that they like got settled and did all their stuff and like decided to sleep in there without ever going upstairs Uh, and they're like it reeks in here it smells so bad yeah they just smelled a dead bear and like that guy that guy upstairs has been dead for a while so probably doesn't smell like a Fresh corpse. I don't think but it like, smells like dead. It just smells like yeah. bad. But yeah, no, I agree. I would have been checking every Ladies. fucking nook and cranny of that goddamn cabin before I put anything down. One suitcase. I uh, wouldn't have sat on anything. No, thank you. You can't tell me that no yeah. one else had a mother like mine in that group. There would be like checking underneath everything for everything. You know, how many ways can this cabin kill me? I got to make the list before I can go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, in my scratch notes, I was about to say, it just says cabin with a sideways face, like a little slanty mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Cabin has nudie mags. That's fun. Nudie mags for everyone. Wait, I got to find my my porno mag notes. Uh, Very important. (laughs) Yes, you are the 1080 PhD among us. I am. Let me get my lab coat on here. Uh, I love that it's Van that found the porn because, of course, it is. Um, we hear Mari call. Is this why Travis you identify flex. as a Van? Because she finds the fucking nudie. Among man. other reasons. 
Uh, we hear Mari call Travis Flex, which I think is the second time somebody has called twice him Twice in this uh, episode. Twice actually. in this app, mm-hmm. right. Um, so, hmm, wonder what that's about. I fucking... This is one of my favorite lines in the whole season. Uh, the girls are like, do you guys really jerk off to this stuff? And Travis says, <laughs> no way. We hate that shit. You can't even tell what her favorite book is. It's so good. It's like Before honestly. Before absconding with one of the magazines. God, it's so fucking funny. And it's like, it's extra funny because we have not heard Travis like say anything really except for very sad things since he's arrived in the yeah. show. So it's yeah, like, yeah. oh this my boy God, deserves there's... some porn. Thank God. Angels delivered him porn. <laughs> oh my God. Because of our Buffy history, I imagine David Boreanaz handing him this nudie mag. Um... <laughs> So I guess since we're at the cabin, we can like talk about the rest of the cabin, which is that the food is rotten. So I noticed something in this viewing that I had never noticed before, because in the road trip, which I will call moving forward, the Mr. Mistopheles road trip, we hear Hell yeah. Misty jamming out to Mr. Mistopheles from Cats while Nat tries to throw herself out of the fucking moving vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god of all the musical soundtracks to be f- for Nat to be forced to listen to Cats does seem especially uh, egregious Misty would love that the title of our spoiler segment is called What's the Buzz um, she would but they are going to and I promise I'm going to come back around to the cabin it's uh, I won't forget where I where I departed from but they are going to Travis's house and they go into Travis's house and it's pretty empty And one of the only things on the fucking table, well, not even, it's like a glass of whiskey. And they're like looking at the fact that really one of the only things he has is whiskey. And so it just struck me in this viewing that in the cabin, the only thing on the fucking table is a bottle of whiskey. And I don't know. I mean, I've seen the whole season. So this is just, this is like really for everyone's Heinz diaries, because I don't know what the connection. Maybe triangle buddy possessed (laughs) Travis in the future. (laughs) So because we do see the triangle buddy in the attic, it is we do. worth mentioning. There is. Um, if you don't follow uh, us on social media or if you're listening to this way after the fact, um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to this episode of the triangle buddy that I made for all of us because I'm so proud for of good him. vibes. Good vibes, triangle buddy. <laughs> He's just drinking a, a strawberry daiquiri at the beach with a little smile on nice. his little face. Living his best life. So other than the abandoned stuff at the cabin, there's some fucking antlers on the some antlers on the wall that are definitely slowly stroked, <laughs> letting nice. us know here are some antlers. Have you seen any antlers before? Hmm. Sensual. I think we have. Hmm. Um, there are uh, really really gross beans. Maybe who knows? Question mark. Spoiled yeah. food, and it's canned. And spoiled, which means that shit has been there a long fucking time. And um, yeah. Lottie didn't Lottie didn't like this cabin from the minute she fucking put her eyeballs on it. Lottie was like, fuck this shit. And then when Thaisa tells her to come inside, she goes directly up to the attic and is just chilling there with this fucking skeleton. Skeleton buddy, not to be confused with triangle buddy. But skeleton mm. buddy and triangle buddy are together hanging out. <laughs> Two buddies, no waiting. <laughs> um, and this is like this this scene 
is the eyeball scene, if I if I may call it. Oh yeah, the this intercut between three Thaisas. Yeah, three Thaisas, zero eyeballs. <laughs> it's like. It's like 10,000 Thaisas when all you need right? is an eyeball. <laughs> Both of us trying to be funny over the other one. Okay, wait. You? you do yours and then I'll do mine. <laughs> I said it's like 10,000 Thaisas when all you need is an eyeball. What did you say? <laughs> I said it's like R-I-P. You know what I mean? <laughs> Guys, did you know we were funny? We're funny. So Is that what we are? Uh, well, we at least make each other laugh. <laughs> Uh, and that's what counts. <laughs> so yeah, there's so, baby Ty at Nana's. F- fuck this. D- d- yeah, fuck man. it. No, um, baby Ty at. Sure. Nana's- if I had to think about it, if I had to think about like what happens with your eye sockets when you are mortuized. Mortuized. Uh, nice. This seems like a reasonable. It seems like oh yeah, of course they would have to like put balls. In your eye sockets to make it look like you have eyes and you're sleeping. Um, but did I want it? Did I want to have no choice in the matter about whether I thought about it? No. No. Yeah. Agreed. 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 Also, if you're one of our mortuary listeners, will you let us know if you can lift up an eyelid like this? It's so pliant, <clears throat> you know? Yeah. Would wouldn't it-, it be like rigored or whatever would, would it be rigored or mortised <laughs> please let us know um, <laughs> oh, but- i guess we should say right that like so the last thing that we see in one of these way back flashbacks with taisa is her nana saying like don't let him take me don't let him take my eyes so she's like sweet tiny little taisa is like i gotta see if he took her eyes and oh. that's why she she pulls Pulls back the eyelid. Let this be a lesson. Don't let your five-year-old go to the coffin, to the open casket alone. Okay? Don't. Because they don't. If you're going to let them go at all. Okay? I'm not here to judge you if you want them to experience what it is. Because I, I did. And I'm sure many of you have. But don't don't let them go alone. Because what if they do this? Nobody wants. That's. Mm-mm. So that's the tiny tie eyeball moment. The uh, middle tie uh, in the cabin, of course, sees this skeleton with no fucking eyeballs in its sockets. I mean, thankfully, it would have been a pretty comedic skeleton if it had googly eyes. (laughs) That's my googly eye noise. (laughs) But um, adult tie, Manny is destroyed. And destroyed Manny's eyeballs are popped out of Manny's head. So R.I.P. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, um, other things important to note, according to my notes, uh, mm-hmm. include misty texting kevin as natalie oh my god and misty's blatant honesty about literally everything when nat is like why did you rip the fucking plug out of my car misty being like because i knew that if i asked you if i could come you would have said no and misty and i really wanted to come and i really wanted to come and misty being like yeah i'm texting kevin and he thinks i'm you Totally into you. I was so right. <laughs> it's the 
best. I fucking can't. I love Misty. I I love the yeah. character of Misty so much. She makes me fucking die. And it just, listen, no spoilers, but it only gets better. It only gets better. Yeah. Also, when Ooh. she's running down her dating history for Nat and she's like, <laughs> oh, my God. And then there was this one guy afterwards. He asked me for my socks and he still never called. <laughs> Misty, no. Oh my God. Do you think when when Misty listens to magic magical Mister Mistopheles, she's like she feels like connected, connected. because Misty, Misty and Mistopheles. She, she, yeah. she magical Misty Mistopheles. <laughs> oh, for God's sakes! I'm telling you, give me these two in a car. I'm so upset when they are finally not on this road trip anymore. I want it for the whole series. Yeah, um, they're so funny. Sadder things, uh, speaking of the road trip, is that after finding that Travis is not in his house uh, and getting put in jail by a cop, the, um, I'm sorry, also yep. adult Nat giving me massive Faith Lehane vibes interacting with this cop. We just watched oh, yeah. Bad Girls, and so I was like, oh my God, yeah. that's exactly how Faith interacted with the cop. Yes. Um, Juliette Lewis uh, watched Bad Girls, actually, mm -hmm. to prepare for this scene. Yeah, everybody, uh, both Faith and Nat were like, we're white girls, so we can fucking be sassy with this cop. And uh, mm -hmm. they both succeeded. But Nat got thrown in jail. I guess Faith was technically on her way to jail, too. But she was a slayer with slayer strength, so... Um, Nat and Misty get put in jail and, um, Thaisa will not bail them out, but Kevin will. And bless you, Kevin. Bless he, that hot cop. He is pretty hot. Um, and f you mean policeman formerly known as goth? Uh, yes, that one. <laughs> Kevin. Um, and then before they go home. Nat is like, yeah, we're we're actually not going home. We're going to what's it called? Fucking Misty Acres. What's it called? <laughs> Willowbrook. Willowbrook. Um, I know. I know. I remember that name because uh, there's a a big mall in New in New Jersey, <laughs> Northern New Jersey, called Willowbrook Mall. <laughs> wow! Wow! Fucking, you belonged in this writer's room just to like hoot and holler uh, at yeah. all the New Jerseyans. Just, just for morale, I'm just like the hype man. Yeah. It's, uh, Kind of an industry secret that there's one hype man in every <laughs> writer's room that's just like, oh, shit, Willowbrook. Jenny, just the mascot of New Jersey, just there. Yeah. To, yeah, get everybody hyped. Um, but they go and <sighs> I just got so scared because Frank pushed the door open with his head. Spooky. And we're talking about Yellow Jackets. Hang on a second. <laughs> Sorry, I got so scared. <laughs> I was like, don't let him take my eyes. <laughs> um, so Travis is not alive. Travis is hanging from a very, very high rafter. And this is a really yeah. devastating scene. Not, he's not even hanging from a rafter, right? He's hanging oh, from like from a the crane. crane. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, this is a very strange way. To find a person, and we'll talk a little bit more about it in What's the Buzz. Yeah. Um, but first of all, I just want to say, dang, the cops in this in this rural New Hampshire town are so responsive. They're like, "What's that? I think I heard a window break over yeah. at the Applebee place," and they go go off and and find two B and E ladies in oh Travis's apartment, God. and then they're like. 
They lick their finger and hold it up to the wind to see which way it's blowing. I think a man is hanging from a crane over at the Willowbrook farm. Woo! Woo! And they're off. Oh, Nat is so upset and it is really hard to watch. Oh, it yeah. It is really, really hard to watch. Um, And Misty... Just like in the fucking woods in 96, man, springs into action. She's like, the cops are coming. We need to leave now. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Mm-hmm, she is mm-hmm. so good in crisis. She gets Nat in the car and off they go. And in the car, we learn that Misty has fucking citizen detected this shit, pocketed the um, notepad. Oh, Yeah. There was a notepad in his apartment. She's, she did the shading with the side of a pencil thing, and it said, the impression left by the piece of paper that was ripped off uh, said, tell Nat she was right. And Nat says she doesn't know what that refers to, but she does know she's right about this, which is that definitely Travis did not kill himself. Somebody killed Travis. Um <sighs> So that's a lot of stuff. And, you know, Jenny, we haven't even talked about uh, Homeland Security, uh, which is also a really important part of this episode. Uh, Fucking. Oh, my God. Shauna. Shauna is the absolute worst surveiller of all time. Show me Shauna and Willow Rosenberg together as a fucking buddy cop duo. The worst. Yeah, yeah. The absolute worst. (laughs) A total nightmare. (laughs) Shauna is so Shauna we saw last episode that Shauna saw a text come through telling Jeff to meet him at 4 p.m. at their usual place from Bianca so Shauna yeah so Shauna's like Jeff can you pick me up from the mechanic at I don't know I just remembered I need to be picked up at 4 (laughs) p.m. Jeff just trying to make a fucking smoothie around these parts is like I can't so then let the man juice detective Shauna and like her other minivan like the first minivan is in the shop so she's gotten a second why does she even need a minivan she has one adult child that wants nothing (laughs) to do with her for vibes Kristen for vibes (laughs) so she's outside of fucking Jeff's mattress store which has an amazing sign if you didn't notice of Jeff I can't remember his last name but it's his last name uh, and a picture of him standing like, <laughs> oh, it's good. It's really good. And he has one of those fucking floppy noodle guys with the air blowing in it. Oh, yeah. Wacky lot. waving arm guy. It's, yeah. it's uh, Jeff Sadecki, by the way. Sadecki. So it's like Sadecki home or Sadecki's mattress, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Furniture. And um, <laughs> Shauna follows him to, I guess, like a hotel Hotel bar or whatever. And again, absolutely skillful at the fucking front desk. A master of deception. Uh, And after she tells the lady at the front desk, uh, he's my husband. Then she's like, I didn't want to have to tell you this, but I'm part of Homeland Security. I can show my badge, but the eyes are everywhere. And if I'm seen, I might get made. (laughs) Oh, Shauna, no. Shauna. This is far too stupid. Oh, my God. It's so fucking funny, though. Melanie Linsky. I mean, you know, it's not it's not a guarantee that these lines could be delivered by just anyone. But Melanie Linsky. Yeah, yeah. Delivering. Um, But then who's there? 
lo and behold, what are the odds? It's friggin' Adam being all like, hey, <laughs> I just happened to be here. Let's get a drink. So they get a booth at the hotel bar and Adam is like telling her his artistic life story while she stares over his shoulder and watches the hallway waiting to see Jeff and mystery Bianca. And then she does. Then Jeff walks by talking to a blonde lady. They're like really into it. They're like moving their hands and they're like, hmm, uh, really involved with one another. You know, people are having an affair if they're moving their hands. Little known fact. Yeah, totally. So Shauna's like, that's it. We better go upstairs and fuck Adam. Yeah. And apparently they do. I mean, we don't see Oh, but it. first they, they, they quote Kurt Vonnegut to yeah. one another. Yeah. We are what we pretend to be. So we must be careful what we pretend to be is the quote that Adam says to Shauna. Uh-huh. And then, Sh- which is from Mother Night, um, mm-hmm. by the way. And then uh, a- uh, Shauna says back to Adam, and I asked myself about the present, how wide it was, how deep it was, how much was mine to keep, which, what's that from, Jenny? That's from Slaughterhouse-Five. Yeah, so... Look at these two bookworms. They better get in a bed together immediately. I mean, you know, like Travis did say that he couldn't get turned on by that porn because he couldn't tell what kind of books that girl liked. Hey! Excellent point. Um. So they, yeah, they go into a hotel room. And I don't know what people do in hotel rooms, but I've heard some rumors. Perhaps yeah. they're playing cards. <laughs> Just a little gin rummy to pass the time. Yeah. Um, and those were all my big, my big, big notes. Um, do you I have, have a couple small things I wanted to mention. We, we see Lottie down to her last pill. Yes. Yes, we do. Um, when, they're, when the 1996 crew is hiking from the plane to the lake, they pass uh, a dead bear that's being fed upon by a vulture. And they're like, what killed that? And Coach says, mm-hmm. wolves. Wolves can kill anything if the pack is big enough. Hmm. Seems what pretty. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> a shadow is cast. Okay, any other bits or bobs that you know, we... I've got two, two, two things. One small, one probably important. Um, we didn't talk at all, and not that there's a big conversation to have, but I do think it's important to note that we see a lot of uh, Javi and Travis in 96 in this episode, specifically Javi chewing mm-hmm. this gum that he continued I mean, this is like devastating and also really good writing um that he like keeps taking this gum out and saving it yeah. because it's like basically the last thing his dad ever gave him travis who has really been pretty detached also has like a mini coach ben moment of losing it yeah and it's yep. like he's dead and he fucking throws the gum that javi's been saving into the woods and nat mm. witnesses this moment as well so that feels, you know, important and it's really sad. And Javi is so little. Um, also, Travis says, like, dad was a bad fucking guy. Like, that's that's the yeah. message that he is he is uh, giving to us, the viewers, um, for whatever reason. So um, mm-hmm. and the small thing. Well, it seems like Mrs. Martinez agreed. Yeah. Uh, the small thing is that uh, <laughs> when Misty and Nat are at Travis's house in present day, 
Misty's going off on one of her fucking citizen detective rants. She's talking about this and that. And it's, you know, when people don't have a lot of belongings, it's a bad sign. Oh, my God. There was this one guy who had no belongings. And then it turned out he was robbing graves so he could collect teeth to make a... And Nat is like, could you please go look in the garbage? <laughs> and we never know. And, like, the reason it made me laugh even more is because I was like, oh, the Gibbsboro ghoul. I wonder if that's, like, for real. And I said, Googled Gibbsboro ghoul. And the only thing that came up was a Reddit thread of somebody being like, I will always be thinking about what that person made out of those teeth. That'll <laughs> <laughs> keep me up at night. <laughs> yeah. Um... But yeah, that's those are all my bits and bobs. Uh, the the important the things I I deem important. I believe we have covered. Uh, and I think. Uh, all right. Well, before we go to what's the buzz, I have a question for you. Yes. And it's what's the most '90s thing? Okay. S- snack wells, snack cakes. Okay. Going to see Oasis at the Meadowlands. Oh my God, this is gonna be a hard one. Or playing chicken in the lake. I'm going snack wells. Yeah. It's just so, so like viscerally 90s. First of all, Oasis did not play at the Meadowlands, so it's automatically eliminated. And um, playing chicken oh, to true. me goes all the way back to the 80s for me. I mean, I only go oh, back okay, to the 80s, sure. but you know, <laughs> it might go back before then. I just wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so chicken is in the eye of the beholder, as I always say. <laughs> Um, all right, shall we? Head into the buzz. Yeah. Okay. All right. Who killed Travis? Who killed Travis? Do you think it was the Lottie Matthews, like, pajama people from the the finale? The pajama cult? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I'm actually a little hazy. Like I, th- are they, they're using that symbol, the triangle buddy symbol. Is that, do we learn that? We don't know. You don't know. We, neither of us knows because we're both really good at hosting a podcast. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, they didn't seem like they, they would necessarily be a murder cult, but also like Thaisa has like, but the they head do, of- we see them kidnap Nat. They kidnap her, but do we see them do anything to her? Who knows? Murder often follows kidnapping. And Actually, Taisa there's has like a like whole the head statistic of a dog about it. in the basement, right? Like, sure, yep. Maybe uh, Taisa drove up to no, New Hampshire. No, I don't think Taisa did it. It's just like I don't, I don't have enough information. We know that Triangle Buddy is involved in Travis's murder because the like photograph. Oh, because the candle. It does feel a little tenuous that they're like, look at these candle wax markings. If I, you get out my ruler and I. But why were there I mean, candle wax markings anyway? Like, even if it didn't make. But, a- but it's just the sort of thing a pajama cult would do, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. even know what I think. But right now, I feel like there are precious few, precious few uh, legitimate feeling possibilities yeah i don't um, know i i you would know more that you're the reddit queen so you would know more than oh, me thank you the title i've worked towards my whole life <laughs> um what do you think travis wanted to tell nat she was right about uh my guess having thought little to never about it is that it has something to do with misty Ooh, i love that 
right? Missy's always breaking black boxes, yanking car cables out of shit. Nat immediately, yep. immediate. We get it in the previously on. We get the line you did of Nat's last week, which will live rent free in my fucking brain forever. Oh, huh. <laughs> hello, Misty, you crazy fucking bitch. That's <laughs> my favorite. You do it so good. I love it. I think it's because you're fun. from New Jersey. <laughs> I hope so. Um, um, yeah, I wonder if that's going to be. I mean, this show feels like. It's been very successful doing its little trick of getting people to love Misty in the face of so many red flags. I don't even know what to do with them all except change the decor of my entire existence. Right. So that like the color scheme is red everywhere so that the flags will just blend. Like it's we've seen her do so many terrible things. We've seen her um, unless something is revealed later. Like we've seen her murder somebody in you know, present day suburbia. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Which feels a little less something than like killing someone in the woods. It's hard though. The Misty, like if it is a Misty related thing, it's hard because the show really positions Nat's relationship to Misty as one that is like sometimes you crazy fucking bitch. And a lot of times like, oh, this crazy bitch. Like not like not in like a way that seems actually like she thinks that she has to worry about Misty, you know? So Right. I'm not sure, but that's I'll put that on the board. All right. Um, do you have any other I like all your questions. Um, oh, mm. I have a couple of Shauna Jackie things. Um Okay. that I noticed this episode. So in the cabin, um before Shauna comes out, we see Shauna see Jackie through the window and it's like the shot is like very specific and so I don't Yeah. I don't remember how we find how Shauna finds Jackie or like what that shot is, but I just want to put like a bookmark in it because it, you know, it, it like Jackie dies outside of that cabin and the and yeah. you know Shauna, what we all know. But then the other thing that is related to I think Jackie freezing to death at the end of this season is that um, the thing that Shauna says when she comes out to Jackie is like I brought you some blankets, which got me, hit mm-hmm. me, hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> oh and yeah. um, and of course important to note that we do hear Sammy say to Ty um I know you're not the bad one and Ty says Sammy is someone else the bad one and so having seen the show we know that <laughs> Sammy is ring, using ring, his words ring. very well uh he is yeah. saying I know that when you're when you're like this you're not bad but there's another fucking version of you that is bad um, it's so scary it's really this is when this is why this kid is fucking trauma I mean this kid is just a walking tiny little yeah. suitcase of trauma He's having a hard time. Everybody's having a hard time on this show. Everybody's having a hard time. So that I think those were my those were my underlined things. Um, yeah, oh, I had a question. Uh, well, we hear Trig mentioned again, right? Laura Lee yep. uh, talks about Rachel knowing her secants from her co-secants. A really That's right. specific. That's a really specific line. Hmm. Um, and the question I had for the What's the Buzz uh, segment is, do you know if the images that we see in the credits change? Are they different the whole time? Or do we just start to recognize more of the images as the series goes forward? Mm. I think they're the same. Because mm-hmm. we've already seen in this version of the credits, we've seen... A needle going into some chocolate, for example. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we seen... see the man's face from the cabin, right? Yeah, yeah. And we see Natalie running <laughs> on the glitter chase. <laughs> right. Uh, we see all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I so think maybe it's, it's just that like we I noticed more. You start it... to recognize things or yeah. notice things more. Yeah. Um. All right. Well. All right. That's, there you go. That's that's about it. I have thought of no ways to close this episode. Do you have any big ideas, Jenny? Maybe. <laughs> You're gonna be I don't one really want to know. Wait, what? Oh, I thought you were singing Oasis. Uh, I was, but I was going with um. Maybe I don't really want to know how your garden grows. Because oh. I just want to fly or something oh so, i went you gotta be the one who saved me who saved that, me that is a much more <laughs> smashola like reasonable recognizable <laughs> oasis choice to make oh, so way to go after all you are my wonder wall you know at the time that oasis was doing their thing i listened to um another band and i felt so cool about listening to them and i'm gonna look them up right now because i can't remember what the name of them is they say the verve no cinnamon yes okay so it was the stone roses i listened to the oh sure stone roses a lot at that at at this time in the 90s um and i i felt really cool because i felt like they were You know, like they were like a, a probably like kind of like the Oasis, thinking man's Oasis. Like, the thinking man's Oasis. <laughs> mm-hmm. Congrats, uh, Kristen. Thank you. Some of us are cool on TikTok now. Some of us were cool listening to the Stone Roses in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, some of us were cool first. Um, <laughs> how about uh, till next time? See you at the Meadowlands. Great. I lo- oh, I love that. Okay. This has been a real delight. And uh, till next time. See you at at the the Meadowlands. How does a person say that? Like, I feel like we should say it like, see you at the Meadowlands. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. (laughs) Till next time. See you at you at the Meadowlands. (laughs) We're working on it, guys. We'll get it by episode 10. We'll get it. Give us time. Attention, fans of fairy tales that are magical, hilarious, and grim. The award-winning Pinna original podcast, Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, has new episodes out now. 
While you've probably heard of the Brothers Grimm, you've never heard these tales told in quite this way. I'm Adam Gidwitz, best-selling and Newbery Honor author of Books for Children, and in Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, I share the real, weird, grim fairy tales with real, weird, hilarious kids. In each episode, you not only get to hear a story, but you also get to enjoy this group guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and sharing their own perspectives on the tales. Also, heckling me. They love to heckle me. The episodes are rated on a scale from grim to grimmer to grimmest, so there's always a great variety of tales to explore with your family. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes. 